Hi campers, welcome to Museum Camp. I'm Megan. Madison, welcome to our Valentine's Day megasode spectacular. What other adjectives? This is going to be a long episode. It's going to be a long episode. Just apologies in advance for that. You're going to love it. <laughs> yeah, we're getting ready. We're getting you ready for your big date. Because people are going to want to listen to people this. People are going to want to listen to this when it is timely. <laughs> During their Valentine's evening. <laughs> They're going to want to put on old Megan and Madison. <laughs> oh, no. Um, what are we doing? Anyway. <laughs> we, you know, this episode, it's all about love and um hearts and cupid (laughs) (laughs) little sparrow (laughs) um that was an office deep cut how are you feeling about valentine (laughs) i don't really do much in terms of celebration for valentine's day aside from uh capitalizing on the cheap candy afterwards oh yeah hell yeah yeah that's that's the best part mm-hmm. um but i feel like there's a weird number of museums devoted to love in its various forms and so we just we couldn't pick one yeah in today's episode you're going to hear from both of us about two separate museums yeah don't get too attached to that format it's a lot of work Two and a half museums, I would say, because I'm going to have to cover, you know, with the one that I'm doing, really, mm. it's a two for one. Yeah. So, wow. and, and we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there for sure. Um, I got a lot to talk about. I feel like my note that I keep going is just. I'm ready. Flowing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do it. Let's hear it. First and foremost. And. I thought about texting you about this, but I didn't. I probably should have. But have you watched Night Stalker yet? I'm scared. (laughs) Okay. And that's fair. It was scary. Yeah. So he's so terrifying and horrible. And I, I mean, I'm going to watch it. Obviously I just needed to like emotionally prepare myself. And I was having a lot of just like generalized anxiety this week. Um, and I was just like, maybe that's probably not the best to throw in the mix. That's probably a smart move. (laughs) Well, since you're looking forward to it, I will say, I thought it was really well done. And I always forget how like in the end, he got caught because the whole community was like, fuck this. We're not going to allow this to keep happening. We're just going to beat the living shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> and they had like images from that day and everything. It was really cool. Hell yeah. So, yeah, it was a lot of um, crime scene photos and video. Yeah. So it was a lot <laughs> to process, <laughs> but you're going to love it. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. (laughs) I'm excited. What else have you been up to this week? Oh, I have another show to talk about. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, we're not done with TV. Sorry. And this is more, I would say, like Valentine's Day centric, but I doubt you've watched it. It's a show that's taking the world by storm and it's called Bridgerton. Have you watched it? Oh, we were talking about that last night because we saw it on, it's on Netflix, right? 
Yeah. Like, what is it about? Why is everyone talking about it? I was like, it was like a lot of sex. Yeah. But it's not even like good. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) 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 The show in general. I, I don't know. It's like one of those where I feel like it's not they're not trying to be historically accurate at all. So I don't know. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it, but my strongest feeling is that because of how Bridgerton is becoming such a huge thing uh, right now, social phenomenon, it's a real social phenomenon. What I want to say is if empire wastes come back into fashion, I will burn down a building. (laughs) You have one day. <laughs> you have one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Empire wastes are the worst wastes. Yeah, they're I not good. I don't understand why they need... Yeah, why were they ever... Like, whose idea was it to... Probably white guys to be like, oh, let's make it so that every woman looks like they're pregnant at all times. And if you have anything bigger than an A cup, it, it just... It's game over. It's game over. It's not going to look... You look like look the Michelin man. <laughs> But they were big in the like 2000s. I feel like the early 2000s. Yeah. I'm just going to be livid if they come back. Yeah. Can we just not? I want to tell you about something really embarrassing I did yesterday. Oh, lay it um, on me. It's so cringy. So <laughs> we, of course, adopted Leroy when... Um, like during quarantine. So he's not really used to us being out of the house. And so we've been leaving in small bursts, you know, trying to get him accustomed to it. And he's actually doing really well. But one of the things that we found that works well for him is putting on like a podcast or an audio book in the background while we're gone. And so yesterday we went to have drinks with our friends who are in town and I put our podcast on repeat. <laughs> Because he doesn't get enough of your voice. He's like, oh my God. (laughs) Well, and that's what, that's what we were joking about when we got back. He's like, thank God you can turn this off. He's like, I would just like 10 minutes of silence from mom, please. Like, I don't want to hear her anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Leroy. Yeah, poor Leroy. Well, we do have some exciting news. We got our first two Patreon members this week. God bless. God bless. Uh, number one, Taylor Seuss. You shouts out, sweet baby angel. What a little one angel. of my favorite people in the entire in the entire universe. Uh, yeah, Love that such finish. an angel. Um, And then our second Patreon member was Matthew Brown, one of my nearest and dearest, oldest friends. Amazing. Yeah. I love him by proxy. He was the one at my wedding who was on the dance floor probably longer than anyone else. Okay. Now I know who you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was feeling, I was feeling kind of competitive with him. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It was a competitive, competitive dance floor. Yeah. As all dance floors are or should be. <laughs> I feel like there was a dance off going for the whole night. With, at least when Charlie was on the dance <laughs> floor. When Char- which was the whole night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Except for that part where then he like took his shoes off and that took a little while for him to do that. And then he came back and just like was having a very hard time 
yeah. coping with that development <laughs> that he was no longer wearing shoes. <laughs> oh, I miss amazing. it. I miss it. It was a good wedding. It was the best. The best. just get to it then yep so this is going to be a real roller coaster of an episode just like most relationships i can't wait i hate roller coasters in real life but i love like an emotional roller coaster okay i'm the opposite i love (laughs) roller coasters in real life except now i'm like you know my back hurts (laughs) my neck sometimes. Yeah. I had a head injury once. I just don't know that I'll ever do that again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Which yeah. is so sad because I love roller coasters. <laughs> um, is there a roller coaster museum? Um, Ooh. It's just a theme park. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Got it. Um, okay. So we're going to start you on the real, um, like plunging downward into despair note, um, this Valentine's day, which maybe that speaks to you. If not, feel free to skip ahead to Megan's museum. Um, (laughs) I won't blame you, but today we're starting off our journey, um, in Zagreb, Croatia. And Los Angeles, because there's a second location of the Museum of Broken Relationships. So buckle in, everyone. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. Great. Um, (laughs) If you are making this a drinking game from the comfort of your own home or wherever you are, um, might I humbly suggest... Uh, drinking every time I struggle to pronounce a Croatian name. <laughs> um, every time I get a little emotional <laughs> or a lot oh, emotional. No. Oh, no. <laughs> um, this does not bode well. <laughs> yeah. Or, and I know I'm really selling it here, or every time we gag. <laughs> oh. there's a lot of um, kind of gross stuff. Here. Great. Wow. Um, All okay. of the emotions are going to come into play. Yeah, here. It's a real, it's wait. a real range. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, I, as someone who was really, when I was in school studying art history, I really loved, and we talked about this at your house that one time. Um, I really love art and history for the like human aspect of it and being able to kind of map that through time Mm -hmm. um, and being able to experience the same emotions and the same thoughts and things like that, that, um, you know, our foremothers were thinking and feeling. Um, And so that is why I always have loved like abstract expressionism and uh, just things that are even if they're not super old, I just love that connection. Mm. Um, And so as such, this museum is right up my alley because it is all about, you know, the human experience. All right. So get your drinks ready because um, in 2003, Drahen Grubisic. Oh, possibly. And... (laughs) And Olinka 
Vistica, a sculptor and a film producer, respectively, ended their four-year relationship. Mm. Um, So obviously two very artsy people. And so as is just a very classic artist move, they were having a long discussion about their breakup and sort of the... Uh, just kind of what it would mean for a lot of the practical things in their life. So during this breakup conversation, they started to look around um, at the home and the items that they shared, and they wondered what they should do with some of these really sentimental things. Um, I am under the impression that it was a like sad breakup, but pretty amicable. Like they were, it wasn't bitter. It was just like a bummer. Um, And so they were looking around and they were just like, what do we do with this stuff? You know, do we throw it away? Do we destroy it? What do we do? Specifically, they had a little wind up bunny toy that their whole goal when they got it was that they were going to take it on all of their travels around the world and take pictures of it in all of the fun, you know, places that they visited. It was going to have its own, I know it's so cute. They were going to have their own little, um, you know, travel bunny. And so they didn't want to get rid of it because that seemed so uh, almost irreverent, I think, you know, to Mm -hmm. the time that they had spent together. Um, But neither of them was very interested in just staring at it constantly as a reminder of this failed relationship. Sure. Um, And so this did make me laugh because (laughs) it's such an artist thing. They're like, well, surely somebody has a place where you can just store your, you know, items from your leftover relationships. Surely. Yeah. (laughs) And so they're like, yeah, somebody definitely has done this before. And so they, they get, a Google in and they, it's all just these like articles from, you know, women's magazines that are like, destroy it with, you know, fire or have a, have a destruction ritual or smash it to pieces, whatever, Um, you know, as kind of this catharsis. And they were like, no, that's not what we're looking for. Uh, Imagine. Okay. What I'm picturing though is like, Oh no. Like a Scandinavian funeral, but they just put the bunny <laughs> on a boat and then shot a flaming arrow. <laughs> just Vikings. <laughs> okay, new business idea. Viking funerals for your relationships. Love it. Dibs, we have dibs on that. Dibs, copyright. Draw him. <laughs> Don't even think about it. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm all out of Viking ships. I don't have any capital. Um, So so they're on this quest to kind of figure out what to do with the remnants of their relationship. Um, And I read an article from Westward, which is actually a local Denver newspaper or magazine, where they interviewed Drahen. And it sounds like they kind of talked about like, oh, we need this, you know, we need to put this in a museum of, of failed relationships. And... I believe then Olinka wrote an essay um, or an article, uh, you know, called Museum of Broken Relationships. And it was about Mm. that kind of universal experience of what do you do with these objects that carry the sentimental value of something that's passed. Right. And so he ended up convincing her this would be a great art project, a great exhibit. Let's take all the artifacts from our failed relationship and from the failed relationships of our friends and 
you know, display it and kind of honor that place that they had in our lives. Uh, so they first started displaying some objects uh, to the public in 2006. It started as a traveling art exhibit. So it was all over the world. It was a huge hit. And all along the way, they were gathering donations from people. They never asked really for donations. People were just like, hey, here's this thing from my breakup. Please take it mm. um, and have it as part of your exhibit. So the couple that broke up Mm -hmm. is working together Mm -hmm. to build this. Okay. Because if I've seen enough rom-coms and I have, Mm -hmm. what I'm going to just go ahead and guess is that they're working so closely together is going to push them back into a relationship. That's all I'm going to say. It doesn't. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But, but I do, I do get the appeal. Well, it's actually really sweet because I watched an embarrassing number of times. I watched a video of Drahen giving a tour of the museum and he talks about like how (laughs) I was just sobbing the whole time. It's fine. Um, (laughs) But he talks about, um, yeah, like that relationship ended, but then we started a new one as friends and business partners Mm. and, you know, relationships change over time and all of that stuff. And I was just like, (laughs) yeah, that's beautiful. (laughs) It was so cute. Um, And so the traveling museum of broken relationships was a huge hit. People loved it. People really related to it, obviously. And so they were like, we need to have a permanent home for this thing. So they began to appeal to the Ministry of Culture in Croatia, um, asking for just a temporary place that they could house their collection, but they kept getting turned down um, because I guess the Ministry of Culture thought it was weird, which who, who are you to judge? Ministry of Culture. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, they literally are the ones, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's in the name. It's in the name. Um, so eventually they were just like, fuck it, we're going to buy our own space. And they opened their own private museum, which was Zagreb's very first private museum. And oh. what a way to start, honestly. Oh, with a bang. Yeah. So the Museum of Broken Relationships opened its doors in October 2010. Um, and I wanted to read this quote from... Our friends at Wikipedia. Happy birthday, Wikipedia. Yeah, happy birthday. (laughs) You're 20. (laughs) Um, So it says, and I just, I love this so much. This is everything I love about modern art and abstract expressionism and expressionism in general. So it says, the Museum of Broken Relationships is described by its founders as an, quote, art concept, which proceeds from the scientific assumptions that objects in the broadest sense, i.e. matter as a whole, possess integrated fields, holograms of memories and emotions, Mm -hmm. and intends with its layout to create a space of secure memory or protected remembrance in order to preserve the material and non-material heritage of broken relationships. So here come the tears because I think oh, that's boy. so beautiful. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. It's so cool. It's such a cool idea. It's and now I'm on their side. It's weird that no one had done that before because it Agreed. seems like such a, a gimme in terms of art exhibits. Yeah. And when did they start? What year was it that they started this? They started displaying objects to the public for the first time in 2006, uh, oh, okay. and then the they opened their permanent location in 2010. Gotcha. Um, then oh, we'll get to the Los Angeles part later. 
So I got an inside look at the museum courtesy of Charlotte Fuentes, the collection manager and generally wonderful human being. She was such a great help. Um, And she sent so much information over to me. So she explained to me that the museum displays between 90 and 100 objects at a time, but they accept every donation that they get. Hmm. Uh, So there's no limits. They have over 3,000 different stories and items in their collection. Um, And she put throughout our email correspondence, like, we're eagerly awaiting your donations. Um, So they, they just want all that they can get. They love being able to offer that to people. Mm. Uh, Each item uh, is displayed with a placard with the name of the object, where it came from in the world, and the duration of the relationship. Then a few time, few lines telling the story. They have a really great website with a lot of the stories, and then you can see the items available to browse virtually. And let me tell you, oh no, it is, whew, yeah, it's emotional. There, I mean, a lot of it is funny. A lot of it is really sad. Mm. Um, but it's just, I just love being able to relate to other humans without having to talk to them. <laughs> I think that's just <laughs> the, the dream of, of this. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm one of you. Leave me alone. Right, right, um, right. So when I, <laughs> when I asked Charlotte what the most popular item in the museum is, uh, she said it would probably be the Mad Divorce Day Dwarf because it had been at the museum so long that it became a sort of mascot. They had it installed in their entry hall to welcome visitors. Uh, so from what I can tell online, it's a little like garden gnome dwarf thing uh, mm-hmm. that was apparently sitting by the gate at this person's home. So on the day of their divorce, the soon-to-be ex-husband showed up in a brand new fancy car, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. so annoying. Yeah. Um, and then I think there was a little bit of like a language barrier translation thing. So I'm taking some liberties here with interpretation. Okay. Um, from what I can tell, as he was leaving, he hit the gnome or the gate and the gate hit the gnome something. Regardless, it caused the gnome to fly up in this arc, hit the windshield of the new car <laughs> and then bounce <laughs> off onto the ground. <laughs> um, and so it's so there are pictures on the website. It's so cute because it's just like this happy little gnome dwarf thing, but like half of its face is missing and <laughs> like, but it looks so proud of itself. I just, Oh yeah. It. And, as it should um, be. Yeah. It's great. Um, so after she talks about the gnome, Charlotte shares the following, which I really loved. Uh, but in reality, I don't think there is a most popular item in the display as every visitor will react differently. The idea behind the museum is so universal that it appeals to people of different na- nationalities, religions, cultures, races, and ages. Love in all its forms doesn't need an interpreter, so everyone can find a story that speaks to them. People react differently based on their own experience, but one thing is sure. The exhibits never fail to provoke a response, be it a sudden giggle, a hidden tear, or silent contemplation. Oh, Charlotte, no. write a book. You're so good at this. That's I'm amazing. So emotional. Yeah. Um, okay, so now I'm going to get into some of the items in the museum. So just I'm ready. Hold on to your tips. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, so I asked her what her favorite item in the collection is specifically. She said she had a really hard time picking. She was like, I they're all my favorite. They're all so different. Um, and they're also unique and powerful, but she did give me two that she really loves. Uh, so the first one is a reel to reel tape recorder and audio tape from Tokyo. Um, and then she sent me the description that was from the placard. Uh, So it says, in 1968, exactly 50 years ago, my father passed away, leaving me and my mother behind. I was barely one year old then. There had always been a tightly sealed package inside our family Buddhist altar, and my mother repeatedly warned me not to open the package. To satisfy my curiosity, she said it was a reel-to-reel audio tape recorder with the recordings of my father's voice when he was still alive. The reason my mother sealed the recorder was because of an Italian film that she had seen. There was a scene in it in which a motherless young boy finds a tape recorder, and when he plays it back, he hears the voice of his loving mother. The boy misses her so much that he plays the tape over and over again until he accidentally erases her voice. The shock she had during the movie affected her so deeply that she decided to wrap the package up carefully and place it at the very back of the altar to avoid the same tragedy happening to her audio tape. How ironic it is to resign oneself to never hearing the voice of a loved one and in an attempt to never lose them. I thought it was about time that we released ourselves from this binding spell, so I asked a technical expert to play this reel-to-reel recording that has since become an antique. It plays the sweet and loving voices of my mother and father, cheering and clapping and encouraging me to sing. sing. I had just started learning how to sing. Oh, boy. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as you can tell, the I think the thing that um, based on the reviews seems to surprise people most is it's not just breakups; it's mm-hmm. relationships in all forms, all walks of life. Um, so whether it's you know parental friendship, anything like that, uh, there's right. really such a wide range, and it's not just that um, the relationship is over. It's sometimes that it just changes in a way that um, you know they have to kind of grieve and mourn. Sure. So the other one that Charlotte mentioned, I saw it on the website and I was too grossed out to do further reading. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> but I'm extremely glad that Charlotte shared the story with me because it's <laughs> it's very good. Um <laughs> I'm the item on display is the 27-year-old scab from my first love's wound. Oh God. <laughs> There's no reason. Is disturbed. Oh, there is. It's so good. The oh. relationship lasted from 1990 to 1993 in Austria. And then here's the description. <laughs> in 1990, my friend, my first great love, had a motorbike accident. Its consequence was severe road rash with several large scabs. The accident shocked me, although nothing serious happened. From then on, I had a constant fear that I might lose my dearest one. For that reason, I kept one of his scabs after it had fallen off with the not so serious idea in mind of having him cloned in the future if need be. (laughs) I was studying biology at the time. In the end, my constant fear for him led to our breakup. Paradoxically, my fear caused exactly that, which frightened me most. I have kept the scab to this day for 27 years. Although I have since become a biologist, I have long lost the desire to clone my then partner. My fears, however, I still struggle with. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't there a less gross way to keep someone's DNA? I feel like 
Ugh. I think get like a cotton swab, maybe some yeah. hair. Hair, brush like, the in- yeah, the inside of their cheek with a cotton swab. So gross. <laughs> I am going to throw up. <laughs> and there's a picture on the website and it's disgusting. I don't recommend looking that up. <laughs> How and why has it not disintegrated yet do you know what I mean yeah I don't know much about skin um but (laughs) my my thought was since it's dead skin yeah you know like there's nothing in there left to die um but they also have it in like this petri dish (laughs) okay so they're preserving it preserving it for when we can clone humans and and that's the thing is it's so funny because I saw that on the website. I was like, this is grotesque. Like who would do this? What kind of psychopath do you have to be? But then I also would have never thought, I don't know. It's just, it's so funny to me. And I just love that story because it's, it's so weirdly wholesome too. Like, Oh, I wanted it to is. hang on to this so that I could clone you. Like it's that's so flattering. Sweet. That's such a nice, that's such a compliment. I would clone you if you died. <laughs> But like, have you never seen multiplicity? Like it doesn't go well. It doesn't you know go what I well. Mean? Yeah. <laughs> so inspired by your conversation with Thordor, mm-hmm. what's his name? Um, from the Philological Museum, I asked yeah. if there was like a most commonly donated item, like a, a common thread. A lot, you know, what is the broken relationships version of is this average? Oh yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, and she said that the most common type of items are uh, belongings of the ex. So specifically T-shirts, like other clothes, and then plush toys. Um, but then I, I loved this part. She's such a she's such a great writer. I just love her. Um, we love you, Charlotte. Out to you, Charlotte. Big fans. Yeah. And she said, but I feel like it is hard to say it is the most common donation because once you have read the story, each object becomes unique and so different and so different from the other story. Uh, that would have a similar object. All the contributions are unique, moving, surprising. Oh, I love that. Amazing. Okay, so I want to go through a few of the other um, artifacts that are on their website. Uh-huh. You can scroll through pictures and um, stories. There's some that are directly from the museum, and then there's also a way for uh, like a user-uploaded version. Uh, so you can just kind of type in whatever, and it's probably very cathartic. Um, it's a great way to rec- to spend Valentine's Day, I would assume. Um, so some of my favorites, also on the uh, gross realm, uh, okay. this one is um, belly button lint. <laughs> Why? No. Why? There is no reason for that. <laughs> okay. It's so weird. Uh, so it said D's stomach. So it's all anonymous. So they only use first initials if they need to do anything. So D's stomach had a particular arrangement of body hair that made his belly button prone to collecting lint. Occasionally he'd extract a piece and stick it to my body, which was sweaty after sex. Stop. You weirdos. I'm just kidding. I'm not shaming you. It's fine. I just would be weirded out if that happened to me. Uh, one day, angry, he disrupted the heavy charge that lingered in the wake of an orgasm. I met his oddity with my own. I put the lint in a small baggie and concealed it away in the drawer of my bedside table. <laughs> Wait, 
I'm sorry. Can you run this back? Because I'm still like, I was in shock about the fact that they even had belly button lint. (laughs) What was happening during sex? So apparently it would just collect in his belly button and then he would just like pop it out and then stick it on his partner after sex when they were sweaty post sex. Yeah, I would be cranky if that happened to me. You would be so furious. Yeah, but I don't like that. There you go. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um okay, there's a lot of really just like hilarious. Oh, I just saw the scab gross. Um there's like a lot of dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah. So sorry to break that to you. Um, there's uh, a packet of gastritis tablets. Um, <laughs> it's so a- interesting like that. Um, I just, I don't understand why. Please tell me there are like normal uh, tokens of like this large black dildo. Okay. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, there are, there are lots of, um, <laughs> non, uh, uh, yeah. Pieces that don't involve DNA. Um, yeah. this one I love it's, it's just <laughs> called stupid Frisbee. Are <laughs> you sure? description a stupid frisbee bought in a thrift store was my ex-boyfriend's brilliant idea as a second anniversary gift (laughs) oh that's a red flag (laughs) yeah yeah um there's also a key ring from taipei that uh at one time we used it to lock the doors of the life we shared um you know it's really sad where there's one um I more dreads. Uh, this one is from Luxembourg. Uh, it's a hamburger toy. Okay. <laughs> His dog left more traces behind than he did. Aww. Um, there are some pink furry handcuffs. Um, I can't read the description because it's in Croatian. That's probably for the best, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wrong. This is maybe my favorite one uh the title is an x axe it's from berlin she was the first woman that i let move in with me all my friends thought i needed to learn to let people in more a few months after she moved in i was offered to travel to the u.s she could not come along at the airport we said goodbye in tears and she was assuring me she could not survive three weeks without me i returned after three weeks and she said i fell in love with someone else i have known her for just four days but I know that she can give me everything that you cannot. I was banal and asked about her plans regarding our life together. The next day, she still had no answer, so I kicked her out. She immediately went on holiday with her new girlfriend while her furniture stayed with me. Not knowing what to do with my anger, I finally bought this small axe to blow off steam and to give her at least a small feeling of loss, which she obviously did not have after our breakup. In the 14 days of her holiday, every day I axed one piece of her furniture. I kept the remains there as an expression of my inner condition. The more her room filled with chopped furniture, acquiring the look of my soul, the better I felt. 
Two weeks after she left, she came back for the furniture. It was neatly arranged into small heaps and fragments of wood. She took that trash and left my apartment for good. The axe was promoted to a therapy instrument. I love that. Uh, so good. Beautiful. It's so good. It, it's, this reminds me of that episode in Gilmore Girls when uh, Dean breaks up with Rory and Rory like runs into the house and is just like throwing everything that carries any sort of memory of Dean into a box. Mm-hmm. And she's like, mom, get rid of this. And Laura is like, okay. And then she like she hides did. it in a closet. Yep. Yeah. She gets it. Yeah. Lorelai knows best. Um, <laughs> this is so good. This is um, from a relationship that lasted 2006 to 2010, right here in Denver, Colorado. Oh. Um, and the subject is the toaster of vindication. <laughs> sure. When I moved out and across the country, I took the toaster. That'll show you. How are you going to toast anything now? <laughs> You could get another toast. I mean, <laughs> theoretically, yes. Practically, yeah. it's going to cost you. It um, is. Although I think, you know, um, something people aren't ready to talk about is the fact that you don't need a toaster. It's just for convenience. You have yeah. an oven. You have an oven. But, you know, y'all aren't ready to talk about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> you are starting a Fight. I know, I know. Our listeners. <laughs> um, there. Okay, so I'll link to the video that I watched like a hundred times um, because it is just Drahen going through the museum, giving you know kind of his philosophy of it all, mm. and going through some of the. Um, objects on display and it's a really well-made video um i forget oh, who did it um oh i'll credit that later um <laughs> and so there was i mean i just openly wept at mm-hmm. one of them that i i don't even think i can get through it yeah but they still have the little wind-up bunny that was the first item in the museum and the little placard said the bunny was supposed to travel the world but never got farther than iran oh wow that poor bunny it just wants to see the world yeah it just wants to see the world and now it's stuck in a museum and the world is seeing it yeah (sighs) wow So I talked to Charlotte about how COVID has impacted the museums and Charlotte sent me the following, which made me extremely sad, but also hopeful. So she says, our museum is a privately owned museum. So the pandemic affected us a lot. And in addition, we had to face a series of earthquakes during the lockdown. So it was a terrible year. Yeah. We lost a lot of visitors during the summer season because of the traveling restrictions. As the museum is self-financed, thanks to the entrance fee tickets and souvenir shop, the pandemic has been tough. If some listeners want to support us, they are welcome to visit our website, maybe even contribute to our digital or physical collection. All information is on the website and shop some souvenirs. We will soon launch a special kind of ticket to face the pandemic situation that makes it impossible to make plans. So keep updated. So keep updated. You can follow them on social media at uh, Broken Ships, which I think is just the best um, if it's interesting. So a lot of museum souvenir shop stuff um, isn't my favorite, Mm -hmm. but I really love their shop. There is, it's so cute. First of all, 
Jahan and Olinka wrote a book called The Museum of Broken Relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely want to order that because it just, you know, I need the emotion. Sure. Um, but they have such great like merch. <laughs> so they have, well, right now they have a farewell 2020 package. Yeah. It says Christmas packages for those who want to kick this year out with the original breakup kits. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but they have these hilarious, like giant erasers that just say bad memories eraser. Love it. Um, (laughs) they have candles. Uh, so this one's like make a clean break, which I love. They have stationery. Uh, they have mugs, they have all sorts of stuff and it's, it's all actually so cute. There were, they have, an umbrella that they call their tears proof umbrella. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I need to go visit this because it's so cute. I um, would like to go to this museum someday. Same. So. Okay. And I haven't even gotten to the cafe yet. Oh my God. <sighs> um, okay. So it's so good. Uh, there's a cafe and a coffee shop on site and I okay, and I think we talked about this recently. Croatia has been on my uh, list of places I need to go for a long Insane. time, anyway. Yeah. Um, but now even more so because this museum, first of all, is just beautiful, and then they have a cafe and a coffee shop serving some comfort food that sounds so good, and the whole concept um there is it's like you need a place to sort of emotionally recover and process from everything that you saw so you can just like sit there and it's just like a very peaceful um little cafe and then they have a coffee shop and it's just it's so cute Um, and the best okay sorry side note do you remember the time I think I told you about when I had had like a really bad day and Mike was supposed to be making dinner that night and I told him I needed comfort food (laughs) and I got home and he had made us Greek salads. (laughs) I've never been more angry in my life. I, we need to have Mike interviewed so that we can just be like, tell us more about this thought process. Cause I have I have questions. As much as I love a Greek salad, it's the opposite of comfort food. It's not comforting. No, not at all. I need a chicken pot pie. Yeah. ASAP. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the cost of entry for the Museum of Broken Relationships is 40 Croatian kuna per person, uh, which is, according to Google, $6.40 USD. So really affordable. It's not Mm -hmm. very big. It won't take you very long time to go through the whole museum. Um, But apparently there's like a lot of processing you have to do afterwards. Yeah. Um, So... For reviews, there weren't a lot of like funny ones, which is always a bummer. Be- mm. Mostly similar to um, the Baked Bean Museum of Excellence, everyone just loves this museum. It's just, you know, page after page after page of reviews that are like, this was amazing. I had no idea what to expect. 
you know, and it really made me think, it made me laugh, it made me cry. Um, in an interview that I read, Drahan said that his favorite part of, you know, working in this museum is seeing people just sort of come in off the street and thinking like, oh, this will be a real laugh. And then they leave just having like an existential crisis. Yeah. Um, you know, and they get really moved. And so I love that. But there were two reviews I found that um, were less thrilled with the museum, less impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought they were hilarious. <laughs> and honestly, shouts out to the staff at the Museum of Broken Relationships because from what I've seen with Charlotte and um, with the person who responds to their TripAdvisor reviews, Paula, mm-hmm. um, they just are the best people. They just seem mm-hmm. so great. Um, yeah. So this review is from September of 2019. It's from Nicholas B. Um, <laughs> it's one star. It says, absolutely not interesting. Um The review says, this museum is absolutely not interesting. It show random objects of random people who had a broken relationship in their life. I don't understand how such a thing can be called a museum. Okay. Someone hurt Nicholas. (laughs) Yeah, someone hurt Nicholas. He missed the point entirely because it could not be more clear that it says the Museum of Broken Relationships. So it's, you're not you're not breaking any news by saying it is a show of random objects of random people who had a broken relationship. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we all we all got that memo. Yeah. You weirdo. Um, <laughs> but then the lovely Paula wrote in response, Dear Nicholas, we thank you for sharing your impressions with us. Best wishes, broken ships. Beautiful. Amazing. So tactful. Mm-hmm. Um, then <laughs> this review made me so angry and made me laugh so much also. Um, it's from August of 2019. Uh, it's by N. Fouad, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, one star. And the title is, I didn't go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. Thanks for that expert opinion. Uh, It says, I passed by this museum and I just thought I can make my own museum with my life experiences. So I don't need to hear others. I am so physically angry right now. You little piece of shit. (laughs) Um, And again, Paula with such grace and tact goes, dear Anfwad, Good luck with your idea. We always encourage other people's creativity and authenticity. Best regards, the Broken Chips team. Oh, good. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, so there is a location. Oh, oh my God. Uh, there is a location in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I believe it opened in 2016. Um, and then in 2017, it closed down as they are trying to find a new permanent location. And mm-hmm. that's the last I've heard from that. Um, But yes, this is for as emotional and semi-depressing as this is, this is very high on my list of, of museums I need to go to. Yeah. Extremely high. Well, and I think it's important that we covered it for the Valentine's day Mm -hmm. mega sode spectacular. Yeah. Um, You know, because we're not all in relationships right now and we don't want to be exclusive to Mm -hmm. those, you know, 
to those single people out there. Exactly. And <laughs> Nathan. Nathan. Um, <laughs> no. Well, and it's just, I think even if like, you know, no brag, but I'm in a very happy, fulfilling relationship. Um, but I still love this whole concept because we've all, you know, we've all been dumped. We've all, you know, had that experience. And even if it's not in a romantic sense, like we've all had friends, you know, leave our lives. And there's yeah. a lot of like, you know, the relationship ended because someone died and, right. you know, it's, it's not, it's just so relatable and it's so, I don't know. I'm just yeah. really excited I for the, the world to open back up so I can go and just take yeah, we, Zagreb. We already discussed our Croatian trip a little bit, but I'm yeah. really excited to fully plan this out. Let's go. I know. Yeah. I'm ready. I am ready. Um, so yeah, buy the book. It looks like just like a really great coffee table book, um, which I love coffee table books. So love much. them. I don't have a coffee table. Oh, I have one. That was why. <laughs> you <laughs> forgot about really it because it's it. covered in books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to order that and then, you know, we'll see what else from the shop. Cause I would be so sad if they had to break up with the world. Yeah. So to speak. That would be the worst breakup. The worst. Here we go. Here's my flawless segue. Yeah. Where are we going next? We, you know, I'm so excited for this, but I'm also like weirdly, um, just nervous that I'm gonna, um, cry the whole time. So it's great. Okay. It's going to be great. Well, yeah, I've, I've never once cried in my life. So, um, yeah, (laughs) just getting cried a lot during the first part of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. So for my portion of our Valentine's day celebration, we're all going to Los Angeles, California. Heard of it. <laughs> to the Museum of Love, Aww. owned and operated by Professor Amy Sweetman. Okay. Could there be a better name? It's literally For, perfect. That's so cute. Yeah. Oh and also, um, this morning when we were sitting at the breakfast table, Mike was asking me about which museum, you know, we're going to record today. And so I was telling him all about it. And Charlie didn't really say anything um, (laughs) because I don't think he understands what podcasts are. So, um, but as like he was leaving today, he came up and gave me a hug and a kiss. And then when he was walking away, he was like, make sure you talk about me when you talk about the Museum of Love. (laughs) Oh, no, that's so cute. It was so cute. So. Charlie, even though you're not old enough to listen to this, yeah, I hope you're if not you listening. do someday, just know that I, here I am talking about you. And we love you. Yeah, we love you. So this is not to be confused with the Love Museum, uh, which is in Seoul, South Korea. 
And it's, that's an interactive uh, museum just about sex. So cool, 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 cool. These are different. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The Museum of Love explores relationships from a deeper perspective. Amy is a professor of psychology and she has been teaching psychology, neuroscience, and the psychology of sexuality for over 25 years. Interesting. Um, there seems to be a lot of mystery surrounding the museum, um, because it's intended to be like a whole experience that's unique and surprising. So Hmm. yeah, it's hard to find a lot of information on it. Thankfully, um, I was able to contact Amy and get some more (laughs) info. Um, but the museum of love is described as a G rated interactive journey for couples. Um, this description is on the front page of the website, uh, quote, this is an oasis where the sole focus is connection. We invite you to come to celebrate one another and build connections in our multi-room venue that is packed with a variety of interactive activities that range from whimsical to enlightening. For example, do you know what your partner would salvage, salvage from a shipwreck? If your partner had to choose between the words ketchup and mustard, do you know which one they would choose and why? How does your partner see themselves on the playground as a child? What are your partner's favorite memories of your time together? Do you have a couple's bucket list? The museum is designed to foster the enjoyment of one another, and it is appropriate for adults of all ages and partners of any type or at any stage of their relationship. That's so cute. It's so cute. What would you salvage from a shipwreck? What would I salvage? Oh my God. Oh, I guess it depends what ship. (laughs) I would salvage Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Rose. (laughs) Yeah, bitch. Yeah. We're looking at you, Rose. Yeah. No, Uh, no shade. (laughs) There was room. It's funny that, yeah, my also first thought was Titanic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if we're talking endurance, which was the ship that Ernest Shackleton took on his second trip to Antarctica, I believe second, you know, I'm obviously rescuing the snow dogs. Yeah. Yeah. So it depends. Okay. Wow. Lots to think about. (laughs) Um. I did get to speak with Amy Sweetman and she generously answered a bunch of questions that I had about the museum. She told me that she told me about one of her favorite exhibits that the museum has had, which was their Halloween exhibit called crimes of passion. (gasps) I know. Um, Amy explained quote, I made a Jenga game that has questions on it. Uh, that I use in each of the exhibits. But for the Crimes of Passion exhibit, I made all the questions about death. When you pull out one of the blocks, you have to answer the question on the block. We rarely talk about death. So that was a pretty interesting one to make. Also for the Crimes of Passion exhibit, the partnered people were handcuffed together to commit (laughs) crimes of passion, such as... Oh, no. (laughs) Diapering an astronaut... Sure. I hate when one of those famous no crimes of passion. I'm trying to understand. I know where the crime is. Yeah, and where the passion is. Right. 
Right. Um, um, cutting a spongy person into parts and putting them in a small trash bag. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's a crime. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is my favorite. <laughs> and we used a wiggler, uh, parentheses, water-filled tube just to <laughs> simulate the Lorena Bobbitt crime. I don't know that one. Oh, you do. Um, the Lorena Bobbitt crime. She was the woman who um, cut off her husband's penis. Oh, yep. Sure do. Yep. So, and you know, I just have some follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what exactly is being simulated here? Uh, oh no. And, and okay. So in backing up a little bit in the original description of this museum, yeah, she mentioned this was G rated. Yeah. <laughs> so I have some questions about right. the uh, crimes of passion. One was that like a, an exhibit that I'm hoping was not, you know, and it could be that the G rated description came from an article that I read. So maybe okay. they didn't go to this exhibit. Oh, okay. that, yeah, that sounds quite violent. Um, whether it's a water filled tube that looks like a penis or that doesn't. Or that represents one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm just not sure I'm ready to see a simulation of that. Yeah. I think, I think I've read about that case and that's yeah. enough. I'm right. I'm good. Yeah. I'm all set. Um, other exhibits that have been showcased at this museum have been the couples connection adventure and friends and family, which is for the holidays. Okay. Um, the first thing that happens when a couple walks into the museum is they're asked how they met. Every couple story is written down and displayed in the front of the museum. No, nope, I can't handle that. It's so cute. What if you go by yourself? Well, you just not allowed. It's a couple's like thing. the arc. It's two by two. It's two by two, just like God intended. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, because it's a lot of it is like couples games. So you have to have at least one other person. Okay. I'm sure polyamorous people could make it work. Sure. Um, but so sorry to tell single folks, you probably need to bring a friend or something. I'd be a, a cute place to, you know, meet your Tinder date. Yeah, <laughs> when you're writing down how you first met. <laughs> Just now. Just now. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Um, that would be really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, to move too, not to move too quickly, but for the first time we meet in person, would you like to go to a museum of about love? love? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is not meant to be creepy or... yeah. You know, want to make sure we hold the same values. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Amy mentioned that one of the visiting couples had been together for 62 years. Did they just celebrate in France? That wasn't. No, we did that wrong. (laughs) Cut that out. Yeah. Um, Because nobody knows that that has happened yet. Yeah. That Uh, would just be a hilarious question without context. (laughs) Great joke otherwise, though. (laughs) The museum has so many fun interactive pieces to it. Quote, in the couple's exhibit, 
we actually have a coffin that you can take a picture in to remind you of what life would be like without your partner. Um, that's a no from me. Yeah. (laughs) I, no. Yeah. I don't want to think about that ever. I don't want to think about that. And if I do, I, I can use my imagination. You know, I don't have to. Yeah, but some people might. someone into a coffin. Those who don't have as good of an imagination (laughs) may need to just see a realistic. Imaginationally challenged. Yes. Um, I know this is pretty intense. So we made a less intense portion of this exhibit where you're given a piece of paper to write down something within your relationship that you would want to kill or forget about. I thought that's less intense. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that not too many people would actually do this, but I have to empty the large jar very regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Additionally, pet peeves. Whistling. (laughs) That's mine. Not squeezing the sponge out after you wash the dishes. (laughs) Yeah. I just (laughs) nobody ever needs to whistle. Right. Especially. we're going to talk about it because here's the thing. Don't ever, if you're recording a song and you think, you know what this song needs? Some whistling. Yeah. Put the microphone down, take a quick lap outside and find a career. Yeah. Get a new career. It's over for you. It's over. I hate whistling in music. There's nothing worse. The one exception. Okay. Otis Redding. Yeah. Sitting on the dock of a bay. Yeah, absolutely. And but even then the song would be it would great be without it. Great without it. <laughs> um additionally, we have a couple's bucket list book and you would be so amazed at how many people take this activity so seriously and write down so many creative ideas. I love that. I love a couple's bucket list. Do you so like one? No. Mm. But I think we could yeah i mean you yes <laughs> anyone could yeah we have one but it's entirely yeah but it's entirely um food based oh Just i was gonna say travel based <laughs> no, that's not. a bucket list i could get it's behind yeah. yeah yeah i love that <laughs> um okay i asked amy to tell me a little bit about herself And she graciously told me about her life leading up to opening the museum. And I'm going to do my best to get through this without weeping. Oh, no. (laughs) Quote, about me. Well, I've been a professor since I was 21 years old. Yes, I had to start very young because I found myself pregnant at 19 and I needed to find real work fast. I've always been really smart at psychology, so I was fortunate and I was able to secure my full-time position at my school at the age of 25. Wow. I fell in love and was very happy with a fellow professor, but unfortunately, after having four kids with him, our marriage fell apart. I was left with five kids, four of them under the age of six. Wow. Those were hard times and I was truly heartbroken. This was definitely not my plan for life. However, my method of getting out of depression 
was to learn to create things. It was all I had in those wee hours of the morning, which was my only time for myself. I was fortunate and my creativity spawned a business. I've created over 500 products, all related to science and psychology, just silly gift items. My business allowed me to have everything I wanted materially. However, I've always wanted to make museum exhibits. One day I was driving past a place near my school that said for rent. Something inside of me said, just do it. So I called and rented the 3000 square foot space. It's not huge, but it's definitely big enough. People stay there for an average of two and a half hours. It has a great vibe to it and it's very quirky. A colleague of mine stated, when I look around, it's as if your brain exploded everywhere here. Oh, I've lost a lot of money on this venture, but as I stated, I feel as if I've come to a place in life where I don't really want much else materially. So although it is a loss, especially during COVID, I see it as a soul gain. Okay. So I got through it. (laughs) Yeah. A few things. First of all, it's not huge, but it's big enough. That's what she said. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) Second of all, and I would like to speak directly to Amy for a moment. Yes. Um, You mentioned a lot about how lucky you were. Um, But can I just say that was not luck. You worked really fucking hard Mm -hmm. and you earned this that's right and I'm so proud of you and I'm happy for you and um wow I love that so much yeah what an inspiration such an inspiration such a great story when I practiced reading it yesterday because I was like I'm gonna need to read through it and make sure that I can I it was I was just sobbing sobbing so you know I'm proud of myself (laughs) Yeah, I'm proud of you too. <laughs> Thank you. I want to do a little uh, museum matchmaking and get Amy and Charlotte in contact with each other to do a collab. Yeah, because Amy mentioned, I didn't put this in my notes, but Amy mentioned in the um, email that she sent me that the Museum of Broken Relationships in LA was one of her inspirations. Oh, I know. What a perfect tie-in. What a perfect tie-in. Yeah. How sweet. I know. I love How it. How sweet, man. <laughs> How sweet, man. <laughs> Amy, we're so sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of COVID, I had to ask Amy how the museum is holding up during this pandemic and if there's anything we could do to help. This is what she had to say. The pandemic has killed every business around me. I'm one of the last ones standing in my area, and I would not say I'm standing, but I'm trying to crouch at least because I believe in it. It's a great place. We've been totally closed down twice now, and I feel like the second closure was worse than the first because we had just gained some ground and hope from the first closure. We were working towards breaking even. Uh. I had just spent tons of money and mental effort on building the friends and family exhibit and slam closed again. We have recently reopened for one couple at a time for two hours. I cannot have any employees. I just greet the people in a mask and wait for them in the little store at the end. We do have a reasonable amount of people coming, but when I can only open for a couple for one couple per two hours, it's difficult. 
However, it is best for safety, and I'm grateful that I've been able to hang on as many other businesses have it much worse. What can you do to help? Just what you're doing, being great and spreading the word. Thank you. Does she have like an online no. shop? Okay. No. And I would love to find out if there's like a way to donate because I feel like probably a lot of our listeners would be on board with that. Yeah. Wow. COVID. What a bitch. Yeah. Um, Amy has big plans for the museum in the future. Some exhibits she wants to create will explore LGBTQIA plus relationships. Um, Yeah. Prison relationships and relation. Yeah. And relationships in the homeless community. Um, She really wants to detail the humanity, love and art of these populations. I know. What an angel. I love her. Amy also mentioned that her goal is to have several locations for the museum across the country. And all of the reviews that I read for the Museum of Love were glowing. Of course. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Who goes? It seems as though the Museum of Love is definitely worth a visit with your significant other. I do have one other museum that I feel deserves a mention. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh boy. You see, Charles Lala Evans, Lala's his nickname, was married to Louise Evans for almost 60 years. They lived in Starkville, Mississippi, and were very active members of their community. They would host all sorts of gatherings for the entire town in their backyard. Um, they were married at 18 years old and had two children together. Uh, Lala and Louise had a passionate, love-filled marriage. You crying yet? Okay. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Tragically, in 2011, I know, uh, Louise suffered a massive heart attack. Lala called 911, and while they were waiting for an ambulance, (sighs) he says, quote, she looked up and said, I love you, and that was it. Oh, no. Louise passed away before the medics arrived. Lala was determined to preserve her memory and decided to turn his yard and back building into a museum of their lives together. The yard is covered in umbrellas, flowers, and windmills with a trail of musical trivia throughout. He calls it the Umbrella Grove. In the back building, known as Lala and Louise's place, the walls are covered in photos of their life together. There are all sorts of mementos scattered throughout the room. A lot of this museum is centered around the couple's love of dancing. Lala says his favorite memory in the room is a picture of his and Louise's last dance together. No. Oh, no. I know. I know. Uh, This museum is open to the public with no admission fee. And Lala says, if someone wants to stop by and dance with me around it, I'll dance (gasps) with them. And that was the Museum of Love and Lala and Louise Land. That was so good. They were far more emotional than I had intended. I'm going to need to take a nap just (laughs) to process all of this emotion and humanity that we just experienced. It was a lot. Uh, But thank you all just for tuning in for our Extra special Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Megasode. Megasode spectacular. 
you got three museums for the price of one. Yeah. How lucky are you? How lucky are you? I hope you're eating your emotions. Oh. I know I will. I have a bag of Reese's hearts <laughs> in my pantry, <laughs> of course. Classic. Never not. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go have about 40 of those. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. And, <laughs> you know, from us here at Museum yeah. Camp. We'll be your Valentine's. We will. Yeah. We will. Send us you chocolates. Just have to send us some hearts. Yeah. <laughs> We are extremely food motivated. Yes. Yeah. But thank you for listening and happy Valentine's Day. Please don't actually send us anything. I'd be too scared to eat it. I don't trust candy from strangers. That's rule number one. (laughs) That's what they taught us. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. A lot of emotions. So many emotions.